Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. I am your host, Kamari T. Richmond, and I have a wonderful show for you tonight. My guest is Datu Senesis. Did I get the last name out right? Senesi. Close. <laughs> I'm really off, really off, but uh, MD, and her web is called Essence of Strength. And we are going to, well, let me just pull that all out, www.essenceofstrength.com. But Jatu is the owner and principal of Essence of Strength. You are a self-care strategist for our overachieving do-getters, which I love that, a speaker, a coach, a personal trainer, and a physician. So Jatu, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kamari. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so we met uh, at the award-winning Ed Brown show. He uh, was interviewed and featured on his show, and, of course, we were having these great conversations. So I was like, okay, you have to be on the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show because you have a very interesting story. So you go from being an OBGYN to Essence of Strength, all about wellness, self-care, Taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of others, living lives, living life, I should say, fully. And so, tell us about that transition. Well, I always try to explain to people it wasn't a direct transition, but it was. But my work as a physician definitely is what led me to the work that I do now as a coach and educator for people um, in terms of self-care. I was working as a physician. I had been in private practice for six years, and I realized that my life was not giving me the sense of satisfaction that I wanted, and I wasn't sure what I could do differently to make that better. I tried to make, actually I made several adjustments and modifications of my life while I was working as a physician, thinking I just needed to change some external aspect of my life, change where I live, change my hours of working, change the office that I worked in even, and thinking that those things were what was keeping me from the sense of satisfaction that I wanted. Well, once I made those modifications and still felt like something's not quite right. I spent a lot of time in school. I spent a lot of money to get this education so that I could have this life that I really like, and I don't. So I thought that I'm just going to do something completely crazy and just quit medicine and go try to find my satisfaction elsewhere. And it was actually in the process of trying to figure out how to build a life that brought me a sense of satisfaction that I came to recognize that it was a lack of introspection, a lack of reflection, a lack of recognizing 
and tuning into my intuition and tuning into myself and listening to myself that was keeping me from having a life that I wanted. And so I actually ended up working with a life coach myself trying to get clear on the kind of work that I wanted to do because I was still looking externally thinking I need to find a job that helps that allows me to help people because I always knew that I wanted to help people. That's why I became a physician, but I couldn't figure out how to make that work for me. And it made me, in the process of working with that coach, I recognized I needed to do some things with my life that, so that my life reflected what worked for me inside. And I realized that those skills and those tools that I learned working with that coach would be really useful for a lot of my fellow overachieving do-gooders who were having that same sense of, I feel like I should like my life more than I actually do. So for me, it was several years actually from leaving medicine to starting um, this work. But I really feel like it's the – I tried a lot of different things that, again, look like they should work externally, but I really feel like I found the thing that fits the best in terms of the help that I want to give other people in the making change, helping people make positive changes in their life and actually being able to use the experiences that I've had. You have an amazing story, which is why I wanted to have you on this show. Because so Thank you. Interesting. Going from you have the same with the, the, the wellness and being a physician, but sharing it the way that you do is just phenomenal. So I wanted to ask you, tell us about a self-care strategist. So I work with clients one-on-one. I work with groups um, doing workshops. I work, um, I work in groups giving talks, talking about, again, self-care and helping. I like to think of myself as an educator. So I always say that in the speaking and workshops, it's almost like being a teacher and helping people recognize, because I think a lot of times people think of, there are two things people think of when they think of self-care. They think of health and fitness, which I was a physician. I'm also actually a certified personal trainer. And so because of my background, when I say self-care and wellness, people think, oh, health and nutrition. And part of what I do as a self-care educator is helping people recognize that's part of it, but a lot of it is about being aware of what works for you personally and how every person is unique. So when I speak and I do workshops, I kind of am teaching – I'm teaching people actually, okay, this is really what self-care is all about and this is kind of how you should, how I think it should be approached. And then as a coach, when I work on with clients one-on-one, I think of it kind of like tutoring where, okay, you've maybe come to some of my talks, maybe you've come to a workshop, maybe you on your own recognize that I need a little bit more help implementing day-to-day these self-care techniques. Okay, I've learned these things, but I think I maybe need a little bit more in-depth. Kind of like if you're in school and you go to chemistry class, you go to the lecture, like I get it, but I feel like I need a little bit more instruction to really, really get it. That's what I do when I work with clients one-on-one. We come up with a plan that's specialized and that's specific to them to help them accomplish the things that they want to do in their lives. Because, like I said, I work with overachieving do-gooders. I work with people who want to help other people, 
who have gone to school for a really long time to get a lot of skills to be able to help people at a high level. So they want to be able to help people, but they still want to have a life that they like. So we come up with ways to implement strategies in their lives that sustain their baseline way of functioning in the world that allows them to achieve on a professional and personal level um, in the way that they'd like. I always say I want people to be able to recognize every day what has to happen for me to be today's best version of myself. Hmm, I love that. That's a great way to think about it. So when we're looking for a coach, what should we be looking for? Well, there are a lot of different types of coaches, and I, I say I specialize in self care and how self care and recognizing the aspects of life that contribute to your self care helps your life be better all around. There's some people who specialize in certain areas of your life, but most coaches do a little bit of all aspects of your life. And just like with, I think, any service industry, part of it is what is your rapport? Do you get along with that person? <laughs> do you like that person? You, the Coaches are not necessarily going to be your cheerleaders and say rah, rah, and there might be, you know, part of what we do is we push people maybe a little bit to stretch their comfort zone, but you will accept that a lot more from someone that you generally have a positive feeling towards. So that's one thing. I always say, like, do you like the person? And similarly with coaches, we want to make sure that we like the clients that we're working with. So that's one thing. Um, To make sure that you kind of have a clear idea of what you want to get out of the coaching. Um, Some people call them deliverables. Some people say, you know, specific goals. But have an idea to what you're working Um, what you're working towards, because otherwise you might get through your coaching and think, did I get what I wanted from this? And you're not really clear, but if you actually have clear goals ahead of time, and I think not just in coaching but in all areas of life, have a clear idea what it is you're working towards. Um, And to some extent, if you can get references from someone whether it's someone you know or someone that the coach can ha- that the coach has coached before that they can have you speak with and give you an idea because you know I'll tell you what I think I do, but somebody who's worked with me will give you the client's perspective of what I what I do. Okay, that makes that makes sense. So we're working with a coach. Do you have people that actually, I mean, like, is there, we know what the end game is, but how does it work? Do you work with someone, like, maybe a month or six months or a year or just until eternity, (laughs) until they actually get to a place where they go, okay, I'm ready to live my life fully? The coaching program that I do is actually self-limited, so it isn't open-ended. I I have several different coaching programs, but the standard coaching program I do um, is roughly about six months. And 
all the coaching that I do with clients is based on the concept of identifying your unique life purpose, your unique personal mission statement in this world. And a lot of people think of life purpose in terms of, again, profession and career and what is my calling, but I think of it more, like I said, a personal mission statement. What is it, how do you show up in the way that's most aligned with your fulfillment and satisfaction in every single area of your life? So that's the first thing. And basically the rest of the coaching is trying to figure out how to show up in a way that's aligned with that purpose in all areas of your life while achieving goals that you would like to achieve. When I work with clients, we initially talk about, okay, what are the things that you want to achieve? And a lot of, sometimes it's a health goal. Sometimes it's a career goal. Sometimes it's financial, whatever, the particular thing that they want to do. So we lay those things out. Sometimes it's multiple different areas. And then we implement strategies to put that into effect. I have what I call the five essential strengths for proper self-care. So when I work with clients, we start with what I call the first strength, which is see reality. See what's true for you right now in your life, what the current situation. Look at it honestly. Don't try to talk yourself into thinking that you like something that you don't or you don't like something that you do. Be honest about the reality. Then seek clarity. Actually figure out, okay, what is, are your goals in these areas, the areas that you maybe don't like and you want to change. Get crystal clear on what those goals are, and those are the things that we focus on in the coaching. And then seize priorities. So part of that is identifying your unique life purpose and also identifying the values that you bring to all areas of your life and using all that together to figure out, okay, how am I going to achieve those goals? And then strategize possibilities. Come up with different things. Try different things that are aligned with that unique purpose that allow you to achieve those goals that you got clear on. And recognize that it's going to be a little bit of trial and error, and maybe you'll try something and realize that wasn't the best strategy, and you'll put, to, put that to the side. And the things that work, you'll continue to do. And then the fifth thing, which I actually think is probably the most important, which I think a lot of people, and I'll include myself in this, we forget sometimes, which is sustaining personal policies, which is putting those foundational elements into your life that allows you to have the energy, the space, the mental capacity to be able to put those strategies in place. Because I remember I had a client who one of the things she wanted to work on was getting healthier. And what she recognized after working with me was that some of the health activities she wanted to do, eating better, exercising, weren't able to be put into place because her schedule was a little bit chaotic. And once she got her schedule in place and once she learned to utilize her time in a more efficient way, that put the foundation in place for her to be able to add extra things. So that sustaining personal policies, that's usually 
that's a lot of what we do. Um, a lot of what I do with my clients also is just putting those policies in place so that you can try those different strategies in order to achieve those goals. Now, suppose I'm a client and, you know, I say, okay, you know, I know that I need a coach, but as you're coaching me, I decide, well, maybe it's just too hard or maybe I don't want what I thought I wanted. Maybe if you're not willing to do the work, how do you work with someone? Like as a coach, can you say this is this is as far as we can go? The short answer is yes. There is definitely part of the process is helping people get to the point where they recognize the value of putting in the work. And truthfully, some of that is done even before I start working with clients, um, is getting an idea of, okay, how ready are you to embark on this? Because it's not going to be useful for the client if the client isn't ready. Because a lot of times people, a lot of us, we, we know we quote-unquote should do things. We, there are things that we want to do that we aren't quite in our hearts ready to do. So I have been fortunate thus far to not have had to quote-unquote fire a client and say, okay, I don't think you're you're ready to do this, but, you know, we can have those conversations in the midst and say, you know what, maybe we'll you know, have a little a little recheck in the middle and say, okay, is this something that you still want to do? By no means am I here to force anyone to stay in coaching. Maybe take a break and come back to coaching or maybe just end the relationship altogether. But part of it is kind of getting an idea of, what are your motivators? And that's actually part of coaching is figuring out, okay, what are your motivators and what is it that maybe you need to kick into gear that will make you want to do the work that needs to be done for you to achieve the goals that you've stated? Okay. So how do we – coaching is a part of us – is that a part of us doing prevention through self-care and wellness is it something that says, okay, I'm working with a coach, and that's because I'm preventing what may happen to me, whether it's, you know, it comes with, let's say, uh, finance, or it comes with a bad relationship, or we're not fulfilled in our job, or for a lot of folks, because healthcare is at the forefront for most of us. What am I going to do to prevent all of that? And as a physician, physician, I know you know how to do some of that prevention, but how do we do that on our, on our own? I guess that kind of goes back to the sustaining personal policies, which is just putting habits into place that support you making good decisions in all different areas of your life. Whereas you might not think that being making good decisions or making, let's say, prudent decisions in the area of finance necessarily has to do with making prudent decisions in the area of nutrition, but they are related. 
in some ways. And part of what coaching, the coaching that I do with my clients is helping you reflect on, okay, what is it that motivates me to make the prudent decision? What is it that is in place when I tend to make the less prudent decision? And, again, it's different for every person because every person has different motivators and every person has different goals. But figuring out how to put those things into place because after the six months with me, who knows what's going to happen in your life. And you could have a totally different set of circumstances in your life five years from now as you would when did when you were working with me. But the idea is you have the tools and the skills and really that sense of trusting yourself and trusting your intuition so that you know how to make the prudent decisions. Does that make sense? That does, and you, you touched on something uh, really great there is being able to trust yourself that you are making the right decision. And sometimes we need help with that. Definitely. And I and I find that a lot, especially with the the clients that I tend to work with, because a lot of us have gone to school for a very long time. And we have had other people telling us what the right decision is. This is what you have to do to this is the information you need to know for this test. This is the information you need to include in this paper. This is your syllabus. This is what you are going to learn. And so we're very good at adhering to external guidelines. And sometimes I think to the point that we don't trust our intuition, we don't trust our spirits. And I actually think that people who have what I call the um, fortune of having some challenges over the course of their education have a little bit better sense of trusting their intuition and trusting their spirit because they've had to struggle a bit. And so they have to kind of take a step back and say, okay, why am I doing this? What is, what is leading me to do this? Whereas sometimes if you're kind of gone, everything has gone a bit smoothly and you haven't really had to take a step back and reflect, you kind of keep going and keep going and keep going. And then when you get to the point where things aren't exactly as they're supposed to be, you're looking for someone to tell you what to do next. And that's what I found for myself where I was like, okay, I don't like what I'm doing, but I don't really know what to do next. And I have no idea what my heart wants me to do. And so kind of getting in touch with listening to, listening to your spirit, using your mind, your body, and your spirit together to make decisions, and trusting yourself. Because I think a lot of times we hear ourselves and we don't believe ourselves. And a lot, And part of the whole concept of having the purpose statement is knowing when to believe yourself. Because when you're telling yourself something that's aligned with your purpose, you know it's true. I love that. When it's aligned to your purpose, you know it's true. And I also love that you mention working with spirit there because if you're going to make changes in your life, you have to step out on faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, then, and it's very interesting um, I always used to, 
actually wrote a blog piece about this last year, about the fact that I always thought I had strong faith. I grew up in the church. I went, I, I was volunteering at my church. I ushered. I was like, I'm very, I, I considered myself a person of strong faith. But I realized you don't really know how strong your faith is until it's been tested. And it had never really been tested. And so that's when I realized, okay, maybe I could strengthen this a bit more. <laughs> and so sometimes it's a matter of, okay, do you really have faith? <laughs> or do you just kind of like, this is all working really well for me, so I like this. And and it's it's a matter of when push comes to shove, are you real? How firmly do you believe what you think you what you say you believe? That is absolutely the truth. <laughs> and sometimes it just takes us a while, like you like you said, when you're being tested, is really really when you say, okay, this this is my truth, and this is what I thought my truth was, and this is mm. not what my truth should be. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and. It's just it's again it's very it's very easy to not recognize that you're kind of maybe not totally being authentic in the way you're presenting yourself because it's just everything's going very smoothly and then when things get a little bit more difficult you have to say okay let me step back into what's really me and that's kind of when you really have to recognize, okay, what is really me? Because when you've come up against difficulties and challenges, when the external world is starting to give you challenges, you can't continue to give your internal world challenges by being inauthentic and presenting yourself in a way that's inauthentic. So that's when you really have to get to the core of what's really you and stop fighting with yourself and just believe it. And I know, and I'm just speaking for me personally, I say, oh, I want to live authentically, but when you, when I break it all down, there's a lot of fear with that. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, and that's what it comes down to. Is that's why you really have to believe what you believe and really believe what you say you believe, because you're going to have fear, and fear is going to make you want to go back to the place of comfort. And sometimes, I will say even for myself, when I was practicing medicine, there were definitely times before I left the practice where I was just like, this is not quite right for me. And I could feel it in my spirit, but I kept talking myself out of it. I was like, no, no, no. I went to school. I did all this stuff. I passed on my tests. So surely I meant to do this. And you talk yourself out of it. And even though I wasn't totally comfortable in my day-to-day, I still found that discomfort less frightening than the idea of going out and claiming and trying to find what would be comfortable for me. See, it's kind of that devil you know versus the devil you don't. I was like, okay, I don't really enjoy this every day, but I know this. And so there was comfort in knowing as opposed to stepping out and saying, I'm pretty sure there's better out there, but I'm not 100% sure. So you get a little bit frightened to go out because, again, you don't totally believe what you think you believe. That is such a key component is 
you don't believe what you really think you believe and staying in um, in what's comfortable. And so they, they tell us that if we do something for like, what, 21 days or 30 days, that when we, if we do that repeatedly, then mm-hmm. we kind of lock that in. Is that really how it works? Okay, I'm going to focus on, you know, my diet or fitness or my finances, and I'm going to make this change for 21 days. Is it enough time for us to kind of make those it depends on what the thing is you want to do. I would say, I feel like you hear that a lot about flossing your teeth. People say if you floss your teeth every night for like two weeks or three weeks, it'll become a habit. I think flossing your teeth is not that difficult, so that might work for that. But I think if you're doing something that for years and years and years and years has been kind of an ingrained thing you don't do or ingrain, or just a mindset that, okay, I don't exercise. I don't do that. That's crazy. I'm not going to go running around anywhere. I don't do that. And you have all these negative connotations in your head associated with exercise. I don't know that exercising for 21 days is going to put you there. There's That's definitely part of it. The physical part of it, just get getting there and doing it every day is definitely part of it, but there's a motivation and mindset um, that you have to work on too. That's actually how I initially got into the idea of coaching because when I first started with a life coach, I was working as a personal trainer, and I had been working with some clients, and I just felt like I needed to add a little bit something else because I felt like there was people were losing the motivation. And I was like, maybe I need to do something else. Maybe I want to do health and wellness coaching. But then when I went through the life coaching myself, I kind of changed my mind and decided that I wanted to work with my stressed out, burnt out friends <laughs> in terms of their, in terms of building lives that they um, love, as opposed to just focusing on health and wellness coaching. All that to say that I've seen it from the. You do stuff. I mean, people paid me money. They would come and they would work out with me, you know, one to three times a week. And they never got to the point where they're like, I'm going to want to do this, come do this every day, or maybe even necessarily enjoy the workout every time that it happened. So there's also that mindset piece that has to um, come into place. And now are most of your clients or all your clients women? Because, you know, women wear the weight of the world on your shoulders? The vast majority of my clients are women. I do, because of my background, um, and because <laughs> my background is an OBGYN, means that I took care of women exclusively, and I work with a lot of women. So that's a lot where my heart is, and I know a lot of women who want to be great wives and mothers and physicians and researchers and still have lives that they like. So that is a lot where my focus is, but I I have worked with men also. Okay. And so when I'm thinking about women, how about the the question of okay, remember I told you I may forget something. <laughs> I'm thinking about globally as uh women of color. Mm-hmm. or 
stress? There is, I've definitely noticed an increased sense of I have to do everything and not complain. I think women tend towards that anyway, but I think that what I've noticed among, especially women of color who are ostensibly very accomplished, they're physicians, they're PhDs, they've achieved externally. The idea of saying, I've achieved all this and I'm still not totally happy with my life, it's hard to accept within yourself. This goes back to, you know, listening to listening to yourself and believing it. It's hard to accept yourself and then accepting that and then taking the next step to say, I'm going to go out and have somebody admit it to someone else and say, please help me get to that place. That's really difficult because we think that we should like our lives as they are. We should just be happy with what we've got. We've done so much. Why shouldn't I be? And I, I, I remember feeling like that. I remember feeling guilty when I decided to leave medicine because I remember having patients, older black women who were just like, oh, I'm so glad that you're here. I remember I had a patient who had not been to a physician in like a decade, came to see me, loved me, and then I think at this point I had already put in my resignation. So I'm, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, this woman has found a black female physician. She's so happy. She's going to come to the doctor. Something horrible is going to happen to this woman because I've decided to leave medicine, which was a little bit narcissistic on my side. <laughs> but that's kind of what you start taking the weight of the world on yourself because you feel like, okay, I've gotten the, I've had these opportunities, I've accomplished so much, and so I should just keep sucking it up, sucking it up, and moving on, and just keep going. Yeah, it's it's like we we have to do it. We have to do it our way. Yeah, and we don't always ask for help. We just think, okay, I can do this myself. I can take care of myself. I can take care of other people. You know, I enjoy my life. I enjoy my partner. Everything that I've achieved, but underneath all that. Sometimes you just need some help. Yeah. There, I mean, there's definitely that superwoman persona definitely has a, it's a double-edged sword. There's pride in saying you can do all of these things, but there's also a reality of saying sometimes you want to take the cape off and just take a break, and that's okay too. And that's kind of what I've worked with with some of my clients is saying it's okay to utilize the resources that are available to you. It is You are not a bad mother if you want to go to a workout class for an hour on a Saturday morning. You are not a deficient homemaker if you have a cleaning person come in. You have a job and five kids. You don't have to clean the house if you can afford to pay someone to do it. It's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I think that that's true. 
And I want to ask you, now when you're working with companies, what is the focus? Is that just saying, okay, I'm going to work on the talent or getting this organization on one accord with each individual? When you're working with the companies, exactly how, how are you working with them? So with that, it's been mostly workshops and just, again, kind of really the idea of self-care is kind of novel to a lot of people and just bringing that up as part of the consciousness and the fact, again, that it's not just farmer's market and Fitbit. <laughs> there's more to there's more to wellness and self care than that. So a lot of it is just kind of doing doing workshops and giving people a small sample of kind of the coaching that I do, which is taking a big picture goal and breaking it down to actionable strategies. So generally with that it's been just helping every individual come up with changing mindset, to change a way of thinking and recognizing, okay, having a goal, considering how that goal affects my state of well-being, and coming up with an actionable way to get started towards that goal. Okay. And the other question is, I know that you work with organizations where, I guess, people don't have the access to maybe having a coach. Mm -hmm. How do you... Like, what? how do we say, okay, I'm going to give my time and talent to an organization? Are you just focusing on one specific thing for someone that's not able to, to do coaching? So, and, the, and that's the thing. Coaching is not inexpensive. So I do actually do workshops also in the community um, where – once a month, I do what I call self-care Saturdays, and I have workshops in the community where people can come in just kind of for at least a one, two-hour session, get um, small group coaching with me. I do send out weekly emails with just kind of ide- thoughts and ideas about self-care just to keep people keep that in people's minds, and also with exercises, just things that you can do to kind of think about, okay, what can I do today to be more mindful of my well-being and actually put strategies into place for my well-being? Being mindful, I think. Was that the answer to your, was that your question? Yes, yes. Being (laughs) mindful, I think, is really key. So when you're working with, with clients, are you looking at not only are they being mindful, but how about things like meditation, meditation or Tai Chi or because you're also doing, I know, the, the physical fitness. Yeah, and again, it's what is what works for each person. So what's authentic for you? I have some clients for whom they already have a – meditation, um, routine, some people do yoga. And so we figure out, okay, what what makes sense for you? But I do encourage everyone to make space to reflect. So that's kind of, that's a lot, for a lot of people, that's the first step. 
because once you make this space to reflect, that's when you recognize, okay, maybe what's going on right now isn't exactly what I want it to be. Because if you're super, super busy and just running and running and running, you can go months without recognizing, okay, things aren't the way I want them to be. So for some people that's journaling, for some people that's yoga, for some people that's that's taking a walk every day and just having space to clear your mind of the extra and just, again, get connected to spirit. I love that. So you're just reserving that space. Just something like, you know, okay, I have an, an altar, a meditation altar. So as long as you are being consistent and reserving that space, I think is really a a good tool to have and to have a coach help you along the way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> now, where do you do your uh, self-coaching for Saturdays? So the self-care Saturdays are actually held um, in a building in North Bethesda, Maryland, in the lounge, <laughs> 1010 Grosvenor, actually, and on the on the second floor lounge, once a month, we have the self-care Saturdays. Okay, and uh, tell me that one more time. It's um, North Bethesda. It's in North Bethesda, 10101 Grosvenor Place. Okay. And actually, if you go to Eventbrite and put in essence of strength self-care Saturdays it should come up and you'll have you all you'll get all the information oh okay all right that's that's great to know and so our we're winding down our last major life lesson (laughs) (laughs) on how we live fully and you know we we help ourselves we help others and we're on the track to whether it's Success, a wonderful world, a fabulous world, uh, as the stroke diva fabulous. What, what are our last words of wisdom? <laughs> um, I'm going to reiterate one thing I said earlier, which I really do think is a great way to start the day, which is just asking yourself, what has to happen for me to be today's best version of myself? Recognizing that you're different today than you were yesterday, you're different today than you're going to be tomorrow. And so rather than saying I have to be my ideal in every area of my life, recognizing where you are today, but also think not saying because I can't be my ideal, I'm not going to try at all. Say what has to happen for me to be today's best version of myself. I love that. And so that's where our essence of strength comes in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Helping people find the strength to be as good to themselves as they are to others. Absolutely true. So let our guests know how they can reach you and to learn more about essence of strength. So I can be reached through my website, essenceofstrength.com. You can reach me directly through the contact page, or you can actually email me directly, jatu, J-A-T-T-U, at essenceofstrength.com. I do, excuse me, 
like I mentioned, have the self-care Saturdays once a month. I also do a one-hour complimentary sample coaching conversation with people who are interested in learning a little bit more about coaching, don't know exactly what it's like, don't know if they would want to work with me. So reach out to me and we can get that scheduled. That's a great way to do that if you're not exactly sure what to do is to do a session like that, a sample session. Exactly. Yeah, to say, okay, I'm going to commit to this or I'm not, but at least you have the information. Absolutely. Which is which is great. So like I said, if I don't want anyone to feel like they've gotten stuck doing something they didn't want to do. I want everyone to have all the information. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you have to make the commitment. To, yes. You'll, you decide at that point, I have to make the commitment to do this. And that's really, that's really scary, a really big leap, big leap, uh, on on faith, big leap on faith. I'm trying to get out of there. <laughs> so because it's it's not always uh, the perfect time for you, as you were saying before, it's not always the perfect time. And I'm looking Jatu into our chat room, and mm-hmm. I have guest three, another excellent show. Thank you, Kamari and Jatu, as a fellow. University of Maryland alumni. So I went to Maryland. You went to Maryland. I noticed that on your on your page. I was like, wow, a lot of good people come out of the University of Maryland. <laughs> I have to I have to correct. I went to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. So I gotta give my love to my retrievers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, you have made, you've made uh, let's see an extremely proud. You made extremely proud. <laughs> Go. Thank but, you very much. You know, I have some problems with my, my spelling, so I see <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> and I'm going to say, go great with whatever the other word is. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, guest three, to kind of help me along with my with my spelling and understanding <laughs> of all of that. So, Jatu, I'm definitely going to have to have you back on the show so that we can really – yeah, I mean, you've given us a lot of good information, but give us an update on what's going on with Essence of Strength. So I want to thank you for being on the Stroke Diva Fabulous show. I want to thank, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, and I want to thank our folks that have tuned in. Share the Stroke Diva Fabulous show on your network, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. Definitely go to www.essenceofstrength.com so that you can connect with Jatu. And everyone, tune in next Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another great show. Thanks, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.